It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I've been I know, I've been talking this whole time and my my mic was on mute. Uh well thank you everyone for continuing to support the show regardless. Uh I was talking about uh people continuing to um uh continuing to ask the questions. There's a live Q and A right now. I was talking about all the people who um I was interviewing who uh just I have a, a, a an awesome time and awesome opportunity to um, to 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 have a great time and in interviewing, and, I, and I'm really excited about it. Um, got an interview with Jesse Sorensen next week, and also got an interview that I will announce later in the show the following Tuesday as well. Former WWE, WCW, AWA, ECW star uh, that I will announce later on in the show. So the Q and A. Let's see what we got from the WeAreWrestling.net live stream. Q and A. Q and A. Q and A. Uh, ask whatever you want to ask. Um, you know, we got some questions here on the on the WeAreWrestling.net live stream. Feel free to ask me whatever you want to ask me. And this is fun. It's the first time I've done this in three years. Um, let's see here. Uh, can La- oh, okay, here we go. Can Lana's 
Russian gimmick work as a face? Good good question to start off the Q&A here. Um, let's see here. I think so, but I don't think that Lana should be um, a Russian gimmick at all. I think I think she'll be another Kofi Kingston, with you know with with minus the, the Jamaican gimmick. Uh, she'll be just like that. Uh, I believe Lana would be that same person exactly. Uh, and I think that she'll drop the she'll she'll drop the accent. Um, you know her name is is CJ Perry, so she might even be CJ. You know she might go from from Lana to CJ. So, um, you know any type of Russian gimmick is is, is much better as a as a heel. Uh, you know I always call Rusev the next Nikita Koloff. So, um, you know I, I think that that will I think that that will work. I think it'll be. Exciting! I think it'll be fun to see Lana as a face. You know, it's to the point. I think that she did very well as a as a heel, with really pushing Rusev, and, and Rusev did it very well. Um, but it's ran its course, and I think the whole anti-American gimmick with with Rusev has ran its course. Yes, it could have been a main event gimmick. Yes, it could have even won a world title, in my opinion, eventually. But you know, it. it I think John Cena. I think with John Cena kind of inserting himself in, in the Rusev gimmick and the Rusev feud, I, I think it really kind of, you know, hate to say the word buried, but similar to what it did to Bray Wyatt last last year. You know, Cena's U.S. champion is is, is good. It's helping. Uh, but I, I just I don't think that uh, Cena. I don't think that Rusev is 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 going anywhere. Um, John John Baba versus Kali. Who has the best advantage in the cardio category? Um, can I say neither? <laughs> is is that an option? Uh, man, I tell you, both of them are uh, very stiff in the ring. Uh, at least Baba. Is more popular from a legendary standpoint from all his work in Japan, um, but Giant Baba has never been a WWE uh, World Heavyweight Champion, but but Kali has. So, how about that? Uh, good question. Thoughts on Adam Cole, baby? Um, it just says thoughts on Adam Cole, but you have to say baby after after Adam Cole. Um, maybe. Uh, we'll be on the Pancakes and Power Slam show soon. Maybe we're working on that. Um, uh, he 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 was injured, and so we couldn't have him at the at one point in time. We were going to have him. We could we could have him, but but uh, he was injured, and and so he wasn't doing any any type of anything at that point in time. But uh, man, I think Adam Cole is uh, is a amazing hand. I think Adam Cole is um, bound for NXT without question. Um, absolutely uh, bound for 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 NXT. Um, I think that Adam Cole with uh, I think he has the heel persona um, 
just down pack. I really do. I think he has the, you know, the thing is the, the, the ROH music fits him so perfectly. Of course, he won't be able to carry that on to uh, WWE and NXT, but I'm sure Jim Johnson and company will be able to put something together that fits Adam Cole. But Adam Cole is absolutely amazing. Um, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to I mean, he's he's bound to come to the WWE. I think that's without question. I'm looking forward to see where he will go. I think that Adam Cole has the ability to make a very, very quick statement in the NXT, similar to Kevin Steen. Um, just because Steen has so much of a following, he you know became NXT champion. You know, only only uh, a few months after his debut, and I think Cole has the ability to do that too. As far as him making it on the big stage, you know, I, um, you know, Punk and Brian did it. As far as being, you know, CM Punk alumnus and you know, top guys of the company, but I don't know if with, with Triple H having more of a say, I think that WWE bred machine. Guys don't have a total monopoly on being top guys, so Adam Cole may make a statement real quick. Um, so it'll be it'll be pretty fun um, to see where Adam Cole goes. Um, and so yeah, that's that's awesome. All right, so next question is let's see what we have here. We have some 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 funny. Um, uh, do you think Zayn's injury was legit? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why they they would feign an, an injury uh, with 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 Zayn. I think that um, I, I from from the reports that I've put on and and, and saw uh, it, he I saw one one report saying that it was on the stage when he was amping the people up. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I I think so too. I I think that um. I think it was legit. I, I def I definitely think it was legit, and I, I think that um. The 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 other report that's a little bit more uh, popular is saying that as he was coming up the steps. Um, he was, you know, getting real pumped in his Montreal crowd. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about Raw. Um, when he was coming up the steps, he was, you know, amping the crowd up again, and he kind of pulled something on his shoulder. You know, just freak injuries like that, man. It's just really sad. Um, let's see here. There's more Q&A. Um... Let's see here. Should they vacate the IC title and let guys like Neville and Zane feud over it? No, I don't think they should vacate the title. Um, well, I mean, they really don't have any choice to vacate the title um, if 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 Brian's not able to 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 go. Um, ne- I don't I don't think Neville should get the title yet. I think the slow build feel would make this title on him more prestigious and make it have a better feel to him than just giving him the title. Um, you know, Barrett, eh, with the King Bear thing, eh. Um, at this point, 
I, I would put it on Orton, to be honest with you. I, I think I think if they're really going to spend time with really using the main eventers to, uh, to, to push the titles, why not put the title on Orton? I think Orton would be the perfect person to put the title on. Uh, I don't think I think that Orton is just doing nothing but putting Rollins over and and, and pushing Rollins at the time at, at this point, and you still have some authority stuff going on with 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 uh, Orton, and so you know, hey, what, why why don't you have Randy Orton versus Kane for the Intercontinental Title in the coming weeks? I think I mean not in the coming weeks, but the coming months. Uh, if you put the title on Orton and then have someone like an Orton versus a Neville. I think Orton versus Neville would be absolutely amazing, and I and I think that uh, with with Daniel Bryan gone, you you can have some good feuds with Orton being champ. If, if I, Orton's the only person I can think of right now that has that main event status like Daniel Bryan to elevate the championship, that would work, and it won't it won't be a step down from Orton. Uh, it just it wouldn't, and, and I think that. Uh, you know, seeing us kind of land the precedence with elevating the championships and, and making it, you know, worth watching again. I think Orton is Orton is Intercontinental Champion will still make his, him relevant. Uh, it'll take him away from the title scene, which he doesn't need to be in right now, anyways. Yeah, I know he's going to be in the Payback pay per view, but after Payback, you know, there's no there's no purpose of putting keeping him in the title scene because he's not going to win it. Make him Intercontinental Champion. And and there you go. Uh, I, th- I think that'll be perfect. And then eventually you'll have you know Zane, Zane, and a bunch of people eventually. But right now I think Orton should be the guy. Um, uh, anybody? Uh, Jeff Jeff Hardy overrated. Um, Jeff Hardy overrated. I would say. I would say right now, no. No, uh, sometimes there, there. I think there were pointed times that I felt that Jeff Hardy was overrated, um, just because I really didn't understand just his cultish following. I think because of the whole kind of free spirit type of thing. I think that's why people liked him a lot. Um, you know, he could put on some good matches, but he's you know he's a he's a spot monkey. <laughs> he's a you know that's that's one good thing about him. But I think you know Jeff Hardy could put on some good matches, and you know he he can break some ladders and some tables, you know, in a good match, and and cause the uh, all of the crowd. All right, a few uh, a few more questions. Uh, here here's one question: uh, Is there any wrestler that you used to think was good, but once WWE signed their talents, you changed your opinion on them? Um, change my opinion. Once WWE signed other talents that you used to think was good, um, who did I used to think was good that I don't think is good anymore? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Well, I think Daniel Bryan's an amazing talent, but uh, probably because of he's probably because he's too injury prone. I'm not uh, too big on Daniel Bryan as much as I used to be. This isn't necessarily answering the question completely, but I think this is probably the closest um, I I 
it was a big, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, advocate for a number of years now. I'm not so much now because he's so injury prone, and I really don't want. It, it hurts me to see him step foot in the ring a lot of times, just because. Um. Yeah, I, I, it it just kind of hurts me to see him in the ring sometimes, cause, uh, especially when he does the diving headbutts. I'm like, dude, are you are you are you kidding me? Why why you still have why do you still have the same move set that caused you to get injured and be gone for for uh, the better part of a year? Or so, two more questions, two more questions. Top five wrestlers right now, absolutely amazing question. Um, I tweeted this uh, a few weeks ago. I'm going to see if I remember what I tweeted. Okay, so I would say my top five wrestlers right now, I would say five would be Biggie. Um, well, I would say four would be Biggie now because uh, four, uh, let me see. I think that because one of because one of them have have went down because uh the way that they are treating him at NXT I was a huge Baron Corbin fan but uh it seems like we barely even see Baron Corbin anymore I saw so much potential in that guy when they did the whole uh, first it was 10 seconds and then went over to 22 seconds um, it went up to 22, but, uh, yeah, I think, he, you know, he was, he was up there. He was probably top three or four. Uh, I think just because I like Corbin, I think he has some potential. Um, I, I, I would still say he's there. I would say Bar- Baron Corbin is number, as number five, I would say number four is, um, uh, I would put number four as uh, probably Ziggler. I'd probably probably put Ziggler at four now. I would put um, uh, I'll probably I think I'll probably put Hideo Tommy at three. I would put no. I, okay, here's my top five. Here's my top five right now. Five is Corbin. Four is, uh, is is Sami Zayn. Um, three is 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 uh, three is Ziggler. Two's Big E, and one is Finn Balor. Um, and I think yeah, I think that's my top five right now. Um, honorable mention goes to Hideo Tommy. I'm a big Hideo Tommy fan. I liked him when he was Kenta. The reason why he was out of my top five is because I didn't like the way that NXT was treating him. Uh, as much as he was a he was such a huge name in in, in Japan, and he kind of went to NXT was humbled and just wasn't. I mean, he was winning matches, but he wasn't all that good as far as uh, his 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 Japan style was honed down and kind of monitored a lot. It seemed like, uh, of course, he didn't use the GTS until. Um, the WrestleMania weekend, uh, and so yeah. But I think you know what I think. I think I think Atami's in there. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say here's my top five. Five's Corbin. Uh, four is Zane. Three's Atami. Uh, two's Biggie, and one's Finn Balor. Now that's that's my that's my top five right now. I think that'll be 
I think that's I think that's a solid top five, and that's it. Two more questions. Let's see here. Uh, is Reigns ready? Uh, you know, I think I think ready for what? I guess the question. You know, I guess my question is ready for what? Um. I think he's ready. I, I think that uh, slow build. I've, I've said this many times before. Um, you know, I, slow build, do it. Uh, and then that's my top five WWE. But I, as far as outside of WWE, I'm a big fan of Addiction. Although they're you know members of the KRD, uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, Big fan of Jay Lethal. I've always been a fan of Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal's always been my guy. Um, as far as TNA is concerned, uh, uh, the Rising's okay. It's, I, I don't really have. I mean, I've watched TNA since the beginning, for the very beginning when it was it used to come on every Wednesday. But I really don't have. I really don't have a, a, a top. I really don't have top wrestlers in TNA. I mean, of course, Angle. I like Angle. You know, he's you know he's the guy in TNA. Uh, Eric Young. Yeah, um, you know he's 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 good to go. I, I was a big EY fan when he made the heel turn. I, I, I left my interest, but you know he's. I, I'm 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 a fan of uh, of Eric Young. I, I still like him. Um, big fan of the Wolves. I'm a huge fan of the Wolves. Uh, you know, Eddie Edwards is 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 um is is hurt unfortunately, but uh still like David Richards. Um I mean, you know, there's 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 some people that that I like from there, but I I'm not a huge I mean, I, I'm not I really don't mark anybody in TNA unfortunately. As far as always concerned, I like Hanson, you know, he's I've interviewed him on the show. Hanson's uh I think he's the next, you know, world champion. Uh, you know, soon Tommaso Ciampa, you know, had an awesome match with Jay Lethal this past weekend. You know, maybe we may see him coming to NXT soon. Um I like Donovan Dijak before he went to the House of Truth. Uh I don't think uh, Donovan Dijak in the House of Truth looks very weird. I, I just don't understand that at all. Um, ACH, awesome hand. Uh, he's an amazing talent. Uh, Cedric Alexander's a great talent, but he he still loses. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know why they're making him lose. Uh, he'll he'll have awesome matches, but he'll still come on a losing in a lot of times. So, um, awesome talent in in ROH. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Last question. Last question. Favorite two questions. Favorite match of all time. And favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, my favorite match of all time is uh, Sting versus uh, Ric Flair, Great American Bash, 1990. My favorite wrestler of all time is Sting. So there you go. Awesome time. Uh, we you know, let's do this more. This is this is really cool. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pick this back up. We we got interviews the next couple of weeks. So the end of the month, uh, we'll we'll get back into the Q and A. Um, this was um, this was lots of fun. And so, continue the Q and A. You know, if if I have time throughout the throughout the show, I'll answer them. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, and we'll we'll get started with Raw uh, right after this. Bring what you got. 
The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. On mine. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama We jamming, that's beautiful Bobby Eaton, me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat Tie the do-rag before we do battle You're talking shit, you are what you speak This too sweet Till the number is took back We reppin' that wolf pack The foundation's shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that Trust in God, we trust Pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stampin' out this crook rap He turnin' the power Power on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Again, thank you for the Q&A. We had a trivia question last week to end the show um, that nobody's got yet. <clears throat> what team name did the Got Ones have in WCW? Uh, come on, wrestling extraordinaires. Uh, what what's going on with that? What team name did the Godwins have in WCW? Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was really fun, and we'll do that uh, soon again. Uh, we'll, we'll we have interviews the next two weeks on the show. Uh, we will announce uh, the interview again next week is Jesse Sorensen, former TNA X Division star Jesse Sorensen, and then the next week we'll announce here. Um, we'll talk a little bit of Raw, and then we'll make an, we usually make announcements at the 12 o'clock hour and uh, the 12 o'clock mark uh, with the half an hour left in the show. Um, so we will make our big announcement on who is the uh, the guest host of two weeks from now. I'm really excited about this interview. A lot of history um, to talk about from this uh, this guy. And, of course, man, thank you so much for D'Lo Brown last week. D'Lo Brown was the man. Uh, awesome interview. So many uh, – it, it was covered in, you know, just about every uh, big site. And, of course, you know, streamed live on realwrestling.net. Um, and it was it was awesome. And I really thank D'Lo Brown. He was really excited about uh, the interview. And uh, he posted it on his page uh, – on his uh, – 
on his face on his Twitter and on his uh his wrestling Facebook page and I wrote a uh, uh, uh column I, I wrote a, a a article on Bleach Report about it and got over 40 nearly 45,000 uh, views and counting and so it was awesome. So as we get to Raw, I am joining I am joined by the baddest co-host on the planet. Derek, how are you tonight? That would be me. I'm I'm the baddest co-host on the planet. I'm Derek. This is Pancakes and Popcorns. I got to say, we are wrestling. Chat room is just blowing up tonight. I mean, you know, almost a 200 some comments and I mean, this is great. This is a night we're live. We've got the world behind us. We've got the world in front of us. Chris Featherstone, we're here tonight. And uh, I love the first segment. Everything's wonderful. Monday Night Raw last night was a bit of a snoozer. There's a couple highlights that, you know, we're going to touch on that, you know, just absolutely stole the show. But as forward, we're going to move forward. Pancakes and Power Slams. The new Tuesday Night Titans. Let me remind you. And, again, we are wrestling props to it. I mean, this is this is amazing. We love this. We just love wrestling chat. We got all kinds of characters in here just blowing off steam. Some of them are just trying to be silly, but it's all welcome. It's all invited. This is this is wrestling. This is what we do. This is what we strive for. And this is Pancakes and Power Slams. We've got another hour. Let's get to it. Monday Night Raw. Yes, sir. The answer to the question is Tex Slazinger in Shanghai Pierce. Come on. I know that there are some 1990s pro wrestling fans that are on the WeAreWrestling.net chat room. We usually get a a few people that are, you know, usually bats a thousand or at least close to it every week. Um, But that that was the stump question right there, man. That was the stump question. That nobody got. I think that's one of the first times I've ever done that on the WeAreWrestling.net chat room. Uh, Tex Lassinger and Shanghai Pierce. They were uh, they had a short stint in WCW and didn't go too far at all. <laughs> they they had a little bit of a name behind them, but uh, they were mostly jobbers. Uh, they they were like popular jobbers. Um, oh, we had we had someone that said I had that answer last week. Okay. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. Tech Slashinger in Shanghai Pierce is the correct answer. Before we get to Raw, next question. Who managed Giant Gonzalez? Who managed Giant Gonzalez? So as you think about that, let's get to Raw. In Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, and let's see here. Uh, Ventura called them the Texicans. Good job. All, all right. That, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's the type of scholarly insight that I like to hear, uh, like to see on the on the RealWrestling.net live stream. Yes, the Texicans, and uh, they <laughs> they didn't go too far at all in, in w, w, WCW. Um, but you know. Uh, the 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 good part of that is that they man they managed to become the Godwins uh, as cheesy as their um, as as cheesy as their um, gimmick was they 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 were you know world tag team champions uh, they, they, in the WWE so it, it worked so um, yes Harvey Whippleman good job uh, good good job there Montreal Quebec Canada WWE Raw. Uh, was hosted by the 
uh, Quebecers, not the tag team, but the crowd. And we got Randy Orton, in-ring promo interrupted by Roman Reigns. First of all, first of all, no authority John Cena involved in the opening segment. How about that? I mean, ever since, like I said, uh, it bears repetition. When I interviewed Matt Matt Taven, we talked about that as far as um, every every, um, uh, segment, every beginning of Raw usually starts with John Cena, uh, Seth Rollins, and Triple H, or the authority, or both, and every week. And so it usually never fails, but this week... No Seth Rollins, no Triple H, no John Cena. So how about that? That was a nice fresh, you know, uh, part of of Raw, fresh feel of Raw. And then my boys, you know, I'm a a New Day guy. I'm a big New Day guy because I'm, you know, Big E's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, They come on, and I've I've seen all types of articles, you know, throughout the, the pro wrestling airwaves about, you know how New Day are, are really falling into their niche, and and and, and me and um, my boy Armand, who's been a, a guest uh, panelist on here, also one of the uh, co um, uh, co composers of the uh, the other uh, Pancakes and Power Slams theme song with the NWO hook to it. Um, he him him and I and, and some other colleagues were were, were tweeting today and. And uh, yeah, man, we, we he we were talking about he 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 said that you're right, Chris, and I was like, right about what? And he was, he showed a GIF of uh, <laughs> of the New Day rising up, slowly rising up, uh, Big E as the Bellas was walking uh, to the ring, and just I mean, and 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 uh, Big E was uh, interviewed by uh, Slam Wrestling uh, before Raw, and he was just talking about how. It's so organic now. Just a New Day gimmick is so organic. And you can tell. I mean, because here's the thing. Big E has always been a comedian. Read his tweets. He has one of the most comedic Twitter accounts. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's all it's funny. I mean, his, his Twitter account's ex- extremely funny. And just his, um, his mannerisms is funny. He was way over in NXT. You know, with the five count and just finally, NXT was the was the last time that that Biggie really had an opportunity to get out of a shell. For once, and, and since he's been there, you know, I think it's what late 2011. I think Biggie came to uh, the main roster, or late 2000. Was it late 2011 or late 2012? I don't remember exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, finally he has an opportunity. I think it was like December because I remember he was he came and started feuding and, and came in with uh, with and attacked John Cena while Cena was feuding with uh, with with Ziggler. So that's when Cena won the Money in the Bank. I think so. That was so that had to be twelve. That had to be, yeah. That had to be twelve because eleven Del Rio won it. So yeah, twelve. Uh, Cena won it. Um, yeah, so so it had to be twelve when Big E came up. So it's been what two and a half years now since uh, Big E's been on the main roster, and you know finally he has an opportunity to really come out of his shell and be funny. 
And when they were baby faces, it was not organic. It was forced. I was, you know, I held on because I know that, I knew that, you know, I kept telling people, give them time, give them an opportunity to just really kind of mold into something. You know, people, a lot, so many people aren't, just have such a quick, I call them microwave marks because, you know, so many people just kind of go with the trends and, and just kind of for the blink of an eye just have some type of ridiculous out-of-space thought um, that just so flighty and just interchangeable all the time. And But I tell people, to, I tell, I tell people hold on, just, just, just stay with the course, a new day will be something, and we see it. They're funny. The new day rocks, you know. And in contrast to the new day sucks. And I, and I and I when I was talking to my colleagues uh, earlier today, you know, I'm I said, you know, for once the the, the smart crowd and and, and basically, um, you know, I was I was told I was asked, you know, this 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 I guess. Uh, evolution of, of of New Day into someone into a gimmick that people actually enjoy and is organic. Was it did it come from the um, the after WrestleMania crowd uh, in, in 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 California, San Jose area, San Jose, San Francisco? And uh, I, I said, yeah, I said for once, you know, you you uh, the, the smarky crowd kind of. Um, turn something on its head inadvertently without really meaning it, you know, to, to turn it there because the New Day sucks usually. And that that was like X-Pac heat back in the day. Like, we really don't like you. We want you to go away. But WWE, you know, I got to give it to them. They had an opportunity. They, they, they seized it. It worked. They're over. They're tag team champions. They're one of the hottest, you know, acts on Raw right now, they put on fantastic matches. You know, there are so many legendary WWE superstars that said that the New Day versus Kid and Cesaro was the best match of the night at, at Extreme Rules, and I agree. I, I believe a close second was Reigns versus Show, and so they're it, it, they're working, <laughs> they're working, and, and and you know, like I said before, strike while the iron's hot. I'm so glad they're champions, and they're one of the best things going at Raw right now. One of the best things going at Raw, and he's really, it's, they're starting to have that thing that Sandow had, where, um, you know, he's a lame duck, nobody really cares. He gets teamed with the Miz, look what happened. I mean, a whole brand new character, new horizons, hopefully, but for the time, I mean, it, it was a phenomenal run. I loved it. Everybody loved it. And things, same thing with the New Day. I mean, everyone thought, too sappy, too dumb. Then they uh, end up turning heel, and it's, been brilliant, and you have the talent there. I've said a million times how Kofi Kingston is just—he can perform with anybody. And finally, I mean, it's that's great. They're doing awesome. I love that they have the tag team belts now. So I mean, I'm converted New Day fan, and it had a heel turn to do it. And yeah. it, they just finally found their niche. Otherwise, they just—they would have ended up being nothing if they wouldn't have had this heel turn. Same thing with Damian Sandow. He wouldn't have had anything unless he would have teamed with the Miz and done his run and all that good stuff. So, honestly, uh, New Day, I'm totally behind. You've always been behind them. It took me a while because they just wasn't a great base tag team. And the talent was always there. Just nothing else was. 
until they turned heel. And they're snobby heels. I like the snotty accents or the actions that they're doing and just said, I'm getting into it, and it's, I'm happy with where they're at now. So, I mean, it's great. Good for the tag team division. I mean, we saw the yeah. extension last night, which I'm uh, still I'm sick of them. I don't know why they're still around, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, man, New Day beat Reigns and Orton. So that was, a, you know, that was huge. And they were celebrating throughout, you know, random spots the entire night. I think that was excellent booking. I loved it. It was absolutely amazing, and it's a great way to push the New Day. Uh, Renee, view, Renee Young interviewing Ryback um, in ring. You know, come come on, Montreal crowd. I, I mean, eh. Goldberg still with Ryback. I mean, Ryback's been a, a baby face, you know, ever since he came back. And people still chant, feed me more. It was working. And, you know, it just, the Goldberg chance just really didn't make any sense. Um, kudos to Ryback for kind of turning them over real quick to the feed me more chance. And it was a, you know, a heartfelt promo. Um, we're always going to get the same monotone type of, you know, he, he has a little bit of uh, ups and downs, you know, in his in his delivery, but it's the same, you know, you know, the right, the big guy is going to break you and he's going to, the big guy's hungry and the big guy is going to make sure he's going to eat the negativity and it's going to be inside him. It's going to turn it to positivity and it's big guy's going to get hungry. And, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's his gimmick, you know, so I, I can't really expect anything else. So I'm not complaining about it. It's just that I think we need to see Ryback a little bit. If you're going to put him in the mic, you know, I, I still think the mystery, I still think mysterious characters still work if they don't have a lot of mic time, you know, or somebody else speaks for them. You know, I think Ryback's one of those people. Don't put him on a mic, you know, preferably at all, really, you know, or just those quick, you know, 15-second, you know, promos in the back. But, you know, don't put a mic on him for 30 seconds because I remember when Kane got a mic. That, and that, was, really the, that was really the beginning of the end of Kane's, you know, uber-mysterious gimmick. When he start cutting promos, now first of all, when he had the voice box, you know, you know, ah, the Undertaker, the voice box was ridiculous, and then when he gets rid of the voice box and starts cutting promos in the mask and, and with Hellfire and Brimstone, I'm like, oh man, this is really the beginning of the end. And so there's some people who just really shouldn't grab mics, and I think Ryback's one of them. Ryback and and, and Wyatt, it, it's it's a decent feud. I, th- I think it's a, a good feud for two, you know, kind of upper mid-card talent with no type of title intact. Uh, it's a decent place to put both of them right now, and it's 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 building up pretty decently. It's building up, and, uh, I mean, right back is one of those. I wish that WWE would have more managers like they did back in the 80s and 90s, you know, with Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart, you know, just. Somebody, a mouthpiece for somebody like Ryback, perfect example. I mean, it's he doesn't need to talk. Nobody wants to hear him talk because he sucks at it. And um, 
He's just uh, he needs someone to talk for him, just like Paul E. talks for Brock Lesnar, and he sells it like you know Brock Lesnar is in the WWE who he is because of Paul Heyman, the way that he can talk and do all that with him. So it's you know, and I want to put something on. I love the voice box thing on Kane. I thought it was genius when I was seeing it. And it was almost, they were, I think at the time, they were big in the South Park, and they were ripping off um, uh, Cousin Ned's friend. Uh, I think his name was Ned. Yeah. He had a voice box. But anyway, I think that's what they were trying to get at. But, um, yeah, again, I wish, wish they had managers like they did, just so you know, right back would be a lot more over if he just didn't open his mouth and talk or at least just say, trade me more once after yeah. someone like Lick was saying all these, you know, what this guy can do and he's going to break him in half and then have him have the last word, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the person. yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, they tried it with Heyman. Um, it didn't work. You know, they tried, you know, a couple people with Heyman. It didn't work. Um, so, I don't know, you know, maybe maybe a, a, a female you know, baby face manager or something like that. Maybe they can bring somebody up that that, that could work possibly. You know, maybe like a Sarah Del Rey. I know she's she's working with uh, with the WWE now and NXT. You know, maybe Del Rey is a manager or something. Something. You know, Sarah Del Rey and Cesaro would be a pretty good uh, team. You know, they're they're dating. They've been dating for a while. Um, <clears throat> I think they're still dating. So yeah, bringing Del Rey up, uh, Lana is a uh, good, good, uh, yeah, good uh, the, uh, suggestion there. Lana as a baby face. Hmm. No, I I think it'll be an interesting. I think that would be interesting. Uh, but I, I I think that Lana is going to be the new Trish Stratus. I really think she is. You know, I was talking to Ryan. Uh, one of our uh, one of our Crave Wrestling team members and and I was talking to him about uh, Lana and I really think you know with this push that, that's been rumored with this babyface push of her being the face of the Divas division I actually think it'll work I actually think that she has the look she has the ability she has the backing behind her to actually have a really really good following and you know. Of course, people are going to say she has no wrestling background, but okay, so with that logic, let me present something. One of the best, arguably the best diva ever in the WWE is, matter of fact, I haven't even talked to Derek about this yet. Arguably one of the best divas, arguably the best diva in the WWE history is who, Derek? The best diva? Uh, fabulous Moolah, Trish Stratus. Other than Moolah, other, other than other than Moolah. Uh, of course, Moolah is going to be a, a legendary. Who was the other person you said? Wendy Richter. No, what's the? You said somebody after Moolah. Who'd you say? Uh, Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus. Okay. So, and, and that's you said what again? I said Trish the Dish. That's what I used to call her. Trish the dish. She was hot. She was, you know, she could she could move. She could move in the ring. She was a female wrestler. Period. Yeah. And a diva. Yeah, but exactly, exactly. And here's the thing: absolutely zero 
wrestling experience before she came to the WWE. She wasn't an indie girl. She wasn't like, yeah, I love wrestling, and so I'm going to, you know, come in and achieve my dream. No, <laughs> she was uh, she was modeling. She was a fitness model, and she was, you know, many people thought she was hot. And so WWE brought her in. She managed, you know, testing Albert, and then all of a sudden, she learned some wrestling, and she became, and she's in the Hall of Fame right now. And that came from no wrestling experience. So you can't, you know, and, and, and the trainers now are, are just as good as they were back then. You know, you, you have Arn Anderson that, that's around. You know, Brian Kendrick is doing some training now. So there's some really good, you know, fit as far as I'm uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think Fit Finley's still around training, and so you know you still you have some really really good trainers that I think Finley was training at the uh, you know back then as well, and so you you have some good trainers that will will teach Lana, will work with Lana for hours, and she can be as good as Trish. I mean, if she has the heart, she has the determination to be a good wrestler, she can be as good as Trish. So you can't, you know, you can't come to me and and present with me an argument of, you know, she's never had any wrestling experience. Trish didn't either, and she's in the Hall of Fame. And she's she's deservedly in the Hall of Fame because she ended up being a fantastic wrestler. And so I think Lana has the ability to be the the, the future of the WWE in the Divas division and and kind of bring that – that next era of someone as being a face of the divas division for, you know, a, a decade like Trish was. I, I totally, I believe Lana can do that. I mean, she hasn't shown her uh, entering ability yet, but it's just the way she carries herself. And it's, something's going to happen eventually. Cause I mean, I mean, I you had Fawn Dongan was made her dance. So there's, there's, which was awesome. Great for you, Fawn Dongan. But uh, she's going to break away. She's going to become a diva. I, hopefully not diva, but maybe a more lucrative, more, you know, she can wrestle. She can prove herself in a ring and just, you know, take the diva's division by storm. It's yours to take, Lana. There's no one else there that can really do that because they want to get too prissy and and be happy for ETV. Don't be yeah. one of those go in and just destroy the competition, be awesome. You can do it. I'm, I'm totally behind her. I hope she doesn't prove me wrong or disappoint me, but we'll see. Divas Division, yeah. WWE, big question mark. Yeah, exactly. But I think, uh, I think, I think Lana will, I think Lana will, will surprise some people. I really do. I really do think, I really do think so. I think, I think she'll surprise some people. Kiddis is RO, defeating the Ascension. Um, uh, Ken, Ken Cesaro was way over, you know. Of course, Cesaro being a Canadian, so he was he was way over. And Kid, you know, just uh, well, Kid being a Canadian, he was way over. Cesaro just, you know, the oh man, the, he did it to Kofi Kingston, but he did it to uh, uh, was it uh, Connor? Uh, man, <laughs> he just. The running European uppercuts, you know, as one of his signature moves now, is absolutely amazing. Oh, my goodness. It's just ridiculous how much just raw talent Cesaro has. 
And, oh, man, he would just, unless he's a main event star, he will just continue. I mean, I like the fact with uh, him and kids a good team, but, man, he has so much just natural raw talent. It's absolutely ridiculous. And those running European uppercuts that he does, I would not want to be on the receiving end of one of those things or, like, 10, which he, which he does. Um, so, yeah, just – uh, Kenneth Cesaro was one of the hottest commodities on Raw yesterday, without question. Yeah, I mean, they have been a great commodity for a while, and that's what's great about the tag team division at this moment. This week, I should say, is the tag team division's awesome. Uh, essentially, about Cesaro, you have to see, when was the last time you've seen him do his uh, Cesaro spin? Uh, he did it yesterday. They, they have a uh, finishing move where he does the swing and uh, kid does a, a well now a I feel stupid because I didn't get the one for all last night unfortunately I had to read uh I had to read Chris Featherstone's comments and uh personal things on it so but anyway I mean that's great and Cesaro he's always been a raw talent he used to be a Paul Heyman guy he's not anymore but uh with him and Tyson Kidd that's just absolute raw talent why are they fighting these bums called the Ascension I have no idea and essentially, I don't even know why they still have a spot and why they're even allowed in the building. And it's just what they've sunk to and become. So, but uh, I'm happy for it. Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. I tag team division now is great, but again, that's this week, this month, next week. We'll talk about it again. And see how it's going. Yeah, uh, Victor. I think of him. I might have said Connor, but yeah, it's Victor, the smaller one. Uh, the the cruiserweight basically he that guy's booked to be like a big guy, but he's he's like two hundred and twenty pounds, so it's like you know he's he's a cruiserweight and he's you know Victor's a big guy he's like two sixty five, but uh, Connor no not so much he's a uh, Victor not so much he's a pretty pretty small guy. Uh, the Ascension was way better with Bram. At least you know, Bram's a big guy, too. Um, when Bram was in the Ascension, it was a much better team than, you know, um, when, you know, the the new version of the Ascension is just no good for anyone. Um, Ambrose defeats Seth Rollins, becomes a, in the main event of payback. I think this is a great idea. I think this is a good way of putting, of making Ambrose relevant uh, he's not going to win. There's a 0% chance that he's going to win the world championship. But I still think it makes him relevant. He's in the main event of payback. I think the four-way, we kind of get a shield reunion. I've, I've heard a lot of people say throughout yesterday and today that they didn't like the idea because they don't like a shield reunion this quick. Because um, a lot of people say that you know the shield should have won against each other at WrestleMania 32. You know, and just different thought, different thoughts like that. I'm okay with it. You know, we can always revisit it, you know, almost a year later. You know, 11 months, you know, 10 and a half, 11 months later. I mean, right now would be a good time to just kind of dabble with it and see if, you know, a Shield uh, match at WrestleMania 32 would actually, you know, make the box office and be a big draw. We have to understand WrestleMania is for casual fans, uh, and I say this all the time. WrestleMania is for casual fans. You have to have a huge draw, a huge booking match draw, to bring people from the outside in. 
us diehard wrestling fans, we're going to watch WrestleMania regardless. We don't care if it's Yoshitatsu against Jamie Noble. You know, we're going to watch WrestleMania. But we have to, you know, we have to understand, we have to look at it from a marketing and business perspective. WrestleMania is from the outside in, not from the inside out. That's why Rock's been the feature of WrestleMania the past few years. That's why Brock Lesnar has been the feature of, Brock, uh, of WrestleMania the past uh, you know couple of years because they are outside stars that are drawing people from the outside in. And so we, you know, there's nobody in the Shield that are outside in, you know, that, that will draw people from the outside in. So that's why probably, unfortunately for me, because I really don't see, I don't want to see Rock versus Brock, but that's probably why Rock versus Brock will be in the main event of next year because, again, you're drawing people from the outside in for WrestleMania. That's the reason why they get the big paydays, they get the big, you know, everybody, you know the big, you know, numbers and the ratings and and so forth. So we have to think about that. So. I don't see a Shield main event next year. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I really don't see a Shield main event next year. Um, so doing it now would be good. And plus, to be honest with you, Dean Ambrose is the one that's going to take the pin. They want to protect Reigns. They want to protect Orton. So Ambrose is the one that's going to get pinned because you know they're not really big on protecting him right now. Way they're way big on protecting Reigns, and of course, you know they want they don't want to give Orton two straight pinfalls, uh, two straight losses. So they put Ambrose in there for him to take the fall. It makes sense. At least he gets a main event spot. He gets a main event spot, and I understand that. And you know, Rollins, Reigns, it's the thing with the Shield coming back together. It's like almost an afterthought for me. I don't really think that too much anymore. I mean, if it's been a way we see each other for 10, 11 months now. It's just going to be three individuals going together and uh, kicking butt and taking names. It's not too much of a thing anymore. It's a, they've uh, they've gone really the route that they're going to go. And you got rain. It's kind of a hard – I'm excited to see it. I really want to see this match at the pay-per-view. And the three of them together – it's going to add a lot of drama and controversy to it. I hope this pay for you pans out to what it should be, but I only really see Rollins and Reigns again coming out as uh, something better. Ambrose maybe on the the side burner, but they're not done with Ambrose yet as far as yeah booking him and seeing what he can do in the long run. But uh, Rollins and Reigns, it's going to pretty much be in between those two. And with Cam Randy Absolutely. Orton exactly. So. Yep. <clears throat> Indeed, indeed. Uh, next question is, who was the first female in the WWE Hall of Fame? Who was the first female in the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh, I think someone's already <laughs> answering, <laughs> answering this. Um, and uh, I think that we're going to get it already. And, uh, yep, Absolutely. Moolah was the first. Who who inducted Moolah? How about that? That's a, that's a part B to it. Who inducted Moolah in the Hall of Fame? Uh, next we get Rusev defeating Fandango. Um, yeah, this this didn't really do much, but uh, the funny the funniest part of this is when Lana was Fandangoing. I think that was absolutely hilarious, and um, that was a good 
that was a good way to make this make this uh uh match relevant and other other than that it just you know wasn't very relevant just to but just to make Rusev important still um yeah uh, nothing nothing too much from this except for Lana Fandango Lana Fandango yeah, that was great. So let's give it to Fondango. He still has uh, what it takes to uh, bring excitement to a crowd. I'm so just worried that. But, uh, and this is part of uh, Lana's way to disassociate herself with, uh, with Rusev. So better way for Fondango to swivel his hips, make her do it. I mean, obviously Fondango had to take a dive. But honestly, ladies and gentlemen, Fondango, he knew single-handedly that his Spanish gimmick wasn't working, so he went back to what worked. And let's give him a kudos for that. And uh, if Lana's going to get a part of that, if Lana's going to be the diva that we think she's going to be, not just be a diva, be a female wrestler that really knows her stuff, good for him. Let's at least give him that much. Yeah. Uh, Where's my Fandango love? There's, there's not gonna, there's not gonna come much from from this at all. I, I from Fandango, and at least, you know, at least he's he's doing something. But uh, I really don't see that. Um, not the correct answer yet on who inducted Moolah in the Hall of Fame. Uh huh. How about that? No correct answer yet we get we got some answers but they are not they are not correct all right next uh we have uh, stardust defeating our truth our troops afraid of spiders you know that's that's not not much out of that john cena open challenge uh interrupted by bret hart which i was expecting to come out and it just hurts me to see Bret Hart. I'm, I mean, it, it just it really does. I'm so sorry. It just it, it hurts me to see just the frailness of Bret Hart these days. And I'm like, oh, poor Bret. Like, oh, it's just so sad. And then I know that he was going to. I know why he came out. I, I was waiting for Sami Zayn to get inter- introduced. At least you know Sami Zayn gets a Bret Hart rub. I mean, so it makes a little bit of sense, but. Yeah, I, I I don't I really I really could have you know took or left Bret Hart you know to be honest with you I I guess it makes sense because he was in Canada although you know he's not from Montreal he's from Calgary but I guess uh, I don't know I mean I guess Canada is such a you know f- compared to America you know Canada is pretty far away, you know, as as far as the distance from uh, one end to the other, you know, it's pretty far, but they act like they're just in one, one little town of, of Canada, but Canada and, and, and uh, miles from as far as width and depth is pretty far uh, from a distance is concerned as, as, as long and as long as the United States is, that's like someone from, Washington, you know, so someone from uh, Maine cheering someone from Washington, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense, but, you know, Canada's uh, an, uh, one big collective awesome unit, so there you go. 
but uh, he he introduced uh, Sami Zayn, and uh, of course, Sami Zayn is from Montreal, his hometown hometown boy. Uh, I liked it. It was good. The match between him and uh, Cena, you know, almost blew the roof off. It was really good. Um, unfortunately, he, you know, it was a freak accident. He was just amping up the crowd. He was throwing his arms up, and he, you know, and he messed up his arm. And so uh, he's reported to get some MRIs, and he got his arm, you know, bandaged um, with that. So it, it's very sad that that happened. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I was glad to see Sami Zayn. He definitely, for his Raw debut, you know, he made a statement. It was a really good match against Cena, and he had the hometown behind him. It was awesome. And before and, and before uh, uh, Derek goes, yes, Alundra Blaze did induct uh, Mula. Good job. Sami Zayn. Zayn. Sami Zayn, he tore up the night last night. That was Monday Night Raw with his debut, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, John Cena did an awesome job of selling everything, just making the match awesome. Cool job. I mean, what else can you say about that? I mean, the guy has absolute pure talent. Same thing with Neville. He's NXT. Wow. I mean, you just can't. Turnikin all in WWE because NXT is going to take it over. I mean, it's absolutely fabulous. I mean, these guys are just dominating. And you can watch NXT on a certain network, which I don't want to say because I'm not going to pay for it. But, uh, right. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is what I'd like to see in wrestling. I mean, they just make the crowd absolutely get into it. So much talent. And, I mean, and a guy like John Cena to just to let Sami Zayn just go nuts on him. And like, this is what we're going to do. This is the landscape. And Cena, he's, he's a guy that can let him do that. Still beat him. But however, just let me showcase my talents, and I'll take it from here. And that's exactly what happened last night. Same thing with Neville. I mean, this is this is almost, I almost think this might be a new chapter in WWE. But it's like the NXT mm-hmm. just invade it. And, you know, it could be the next generation. I mean, we have the PG era that we're in right now with the John Cena, next generation's NXT high flying. I mean, we're just going to absolutely knock your socks off. Yeah, man, I remember uh, when they plugged the early '90s as like the next generation. Uh, that's when uh, you had the uh, one of my favorite one. What I think one of the funniest commercials I've ever remember in my childhood teenage years was uh, when Bret Hart was just a man and you know 92, 93 94 and I think you probably remember this commercial too <clears throat> when he's walking like in a tunnel and he's about to go out to the you know away from the backstage and you had a little kid was like Bret Oh man, that was just the funniest thing. And, a lot, and me and a few of my friends were watching. Uh, I think it was WrestleMania we were watching all together. And uh, man, we just—I I think I brought that commercial back up. I don't remember who did. I think I did. I might—I might, I may be wrong, but I think I brought that back up. And just you know, most of us remembered that commercial <laughs> because we were like teenagers when it when it. Uh, 
came on, and it was just that commercial was just absolutely hilarious to me. Like in hindsight, and I uh, posted it on Facebook. Just that that commercial is just absolutely funny. And yeah, yes, thank you so much. Thank you, RealWrestling.net live stream. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for understanding my moment here. Go get them, champ. Yeah, we. That's that's the. Uh, <laughs> That's the the saying after the Brett, and we had someone just said Brett uh, on on the comment on the comment board too. Uh, you have to, you know. As, as a matter of fact, I want to post that on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. I'm gonna I'm gonna post that commercial on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. So everybody who's listening through uh, We Are Wrestling, through Blog Talk Radio, through uh, other media outlets, through iTunes subscription. Go to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page and just relive a moment of history of probably one of the most popular, uh, one of the most popular commercials that uh, you would ever experience in your life. And now, in hindsight, twenty years later, it's just absolutely hilariously funny. But yeah, um, uh, Zane, Zane uh, you know Neville has been—he's had an opportunity. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I was I was talking to a buddy today, and I was just saying that, uh, you know, I think that WWE might have pulled the plug on Neville, man. I think he, I even tweeted it yesterday, um, that I think that he's the new, I, I think, you know, I, I kept saying I hope that Neville doesn't turn into Evan Bourne quickly. And... Man, we might be seeing it quicker than quicker than expected. I mean, he's he's kind of he's kind of on a losing streak. Yeah, he won the won, won the King of the Ring matches, but you know he's lost probably two or three in a row. Um, you know, as far as Raw is concerned and King of the Ring, and so yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I hope I hope we don't see just him being like a glorified you know spot monkey who who's really really good in the ring and you know have the Evan Bourne complex, you know, no, no disrespect to Matt Seidel. I think Matt Seidel is an amazing wrestler. You know, watch his work in ROH. He's fantastic. Uh, but just they didn't push him. You know, they he had a bit, he had a little bit of a push in ECW for for a while. It seemed like he was about to be ECW champion for a second. He was tag team champion. Uh, he beat Chris Jericho, but you know, as much as I'm a Jericho mark, you know. Who didn't? You know, it's gotten to the point of who who didn't beat Chris Jericho, but yeah, I, Neville just might be there um, sooner than later. Uh, it's unfortunate because Neville's an amazing person in the ring. Then we get the Bellas walk into the ring, attacked by Naomi and Tamina. Um, they were, you know, Tamina came back and she she was working with Naomi in house shows, so I figured they were going to put this uh, on on television. Naomi, you know, it's just an I guess it's just an extra layer, you know, and her heel character. I think they're trying. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it at all, but they're trying. Hey, they're trying something. I don't know. I mean, they've been trying every week for the past three, four years, and I'm really seeing a whole lot from them. Uh, still get excited about Lana coming in. He had um, Snooka's daughter come in last night. Uh, I guess that brought some excitement to it, from what I understand, from what I've been told. But the uh, same thing, there uh, really wasn't much point to this other than just bringing Snooker's daughter back, and where's it going to go from here? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Next trivia question. How many championships have Heath Slater won in the WWE? How many championships have Heath Slater won in the WWE? Next, we have Sheamus and Bat News Bear defeating Dolph Ziggler and Neville. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pushing Bad News Barrett, you know, as a king of the ring. Um, we talked a little bit about that last uh, last week. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm cool with Barrett, you know, be, becoming king of the ring. I, I think that this is uh, the rub that he needed. I think he needed the rub more than anybody. The king of the ring is, you know, there's no payoff to it. You don't get anything but, you know, what, a, a scepter and a, and a robe. So, you know, eh, it, it's nothing big to it. And uh, so if anybody needed that type of rub at all, it, it was Barrett. And uh, him winning yesterday just made sense since he just won the King of the Ring. Yeah, it made sense. I mean, he's British. Bring, give him the King of the Ring. They just had the Royal Bay a couple of days ago. I mean, it's off the circumstances. However, it's, you know. Wade Barrett and Sheamus together wasn't too bad. They're both uh, Europeans against Zig and Neville. Yeah, Ziggler, he's always going to be a guy that can just really shine and perform and make the most of every match, but they're just going to give him the credit he deserves. And you could almost say the almost same thing about the Sheamus and Barrett. Sheamus in his day, he's always been a solid mid quarter but they never wanted to give him that final rub. Neville's the up-and-comer. But, uh, you know, still, he was overshadowed and then, Give him his time and his dues. The match was okay. I mean, it wasn't horrible. But, you know, if the set there in the robe, I could do a lot of that. So that would be a lot of fun, actually, if you want to be truthful. Yep. Good job. Uh, chat room, Slater. Yes, three title reigns, three-time tag team champ. Uh, a bit later late on our announcement, um, we will <clears throat> talk a little bit about Orton Reigns, uh, and then we'll do the announcement, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, – whether we believe that King of the Ring should be a pay-per-view instead of just a one-off special for one hour on the WWE Network. Should it become a pay-per-view again? So we're going to talk a little bit about that and uh, get comments from that and see uh, see how the listeners feel as well. So real quick about Orton and Reigns. Um, it made sense as far as the, as far as the main event uh, is concerned, animosity between the two. Authority attacks both during the match, and Ambrose makes a save. Reigns gets RKO'd, and Orton gets dirty deeds, and Ambrose is the one to celebrate. And it made sense, you know, Ambrose being the guy on the top, you know, who, who gets the final laugh um, after he, you know, got inserted in the match by beating Rollins. Uh, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's just going to be Ambrose taking the pin, and so making him stronger to make probably, you know, most likely Rollins is going to be the one that pins him. So make him strong now makes sense. So he puts Rollins over. So, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't oppose to the end of the overall. Yeah, I was thinking of Rollins, so you had to go with it. You know, RK versus Reigns. Typical end of the match. You had, you know, Jay and, Jay, Jay and Jay security outside. You had Seth Rollins on commentary. Now, I like the ending. It was kind of funny. at had um, Orton, RKO Reigns, and then Ambrose Dirty Deeds on Orton. He got to stand, but it's not really probably going to be the outcome of the pay-per-view, which is what really counts, if you want to be uh, accurate on that. So, uh, Dean Ambrose, good job Monday Night Raw last night, but doggone, I wish they could uh, 
carry over into the pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, announcement for the interview happening on the 19th. Uh, Pancakes and Power Slams is pleased to announce that the newest member of the Pancakes and Power Slams interview series is going to be Ernest the Cat Miller, better known as Mr. Hughes, will be on the show on the 19th, a week from Tuesday. So I'm so excited to to interview Mr. Hughes, and it's going to be so much history from him bodyguarding uh, Chris Jericho and Triple H and how he feels that uh, China kind of took his spot with bodyguard and Triple H and just, you know, uh, all of his – his ECW run, his WCW run, and so much to talk about when we talk to, you know, when I interview Mr. Hughes, and it's going to be really, really fun. So I'm really excited about interviewing uh, Mr. Hughes, uh, Ernest the Cat Hughes. It's going to be really, really, really fun. So really, really excited about that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Flavor of the Week coming right up. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week! So we saw the uh, King of the Ring, um, uh, Curtis Curtis Hughes. <laughs> That's like Ernest Hughes? Oh, what in the world am I talking about? Yes, Curtis Hughes. Curtis, uh, the, the cat Curtis Hughes, uh, better known as Mr. Hughes. I'm really, really excited about Curtis Hughes uh, coming on the on the uh, show uh, with all of his experience and all of you know almost 30 years in the wrestling business and um, big the big cat. Um, so it's going to be really, really fun. I'm really excited about this. I love talking. I love doing interviews of people just with so much history, so much background. That's why I love talking to uh, Del Wilkes. And, and and talking to Curtis Hughes is going to be amazing as well. Someone who's been in the business for almost thirty years, and so he's been, you know, he's wrestled for ECW, WCW, uh, WWE, AWA. So it's going to be really fun. So Derek, should King of the Ring be a pay per view? Yes, it should be. I still believe it should be. I loved it back in the day. And it was one of those extra pay-per-views. Like, I almost think it pre I know it predates uh, In Your House. And it was like, um, you know, you had WrestleMania, and they had it in Survivor Series, and they had it in Royal Rumble, then uh, SummerSlam, and then they had it in King of the Ring. And there was a couple years before they had In Your House and all that stuff, where it became a monthly pay-per-view. But I did enjoy King of the Ring. I think it should be still a pay-per-view. I mean... Just the name of King of the Ring. It sounds great. Rolls off your tongue. I love the bracket system they had with it. I mean, all the stars. As long as you keep it to where if they win King of the Ring, if they have a promising piece and stuff, point ahead. On the under the giant battle And you had that back in the day. You really did. And so, yeah, I love the pay-per-view concept. I think it still should be pay-per-view. It got watered down in a week in the last few years that it was a pay-per-view but at least back in the 90s man it was it was something to watch i got excited for it so they can bring the old concept back i'm totally behind it if not do whatever you want with it i agree i you know we're seeing these these throwaway pay-per-views man i you know to be honest with you payback even extreme rules to an extent you know yeah 
you know, was it really, you know, is it really important? Does it really mean anything, you know, as far as a, a meaningful pay-per-view that actually leads to something? You know, I, I just don't see it. I understand the Elimination Chamber, you know, just because of the cost, you know, they're cutting the cost and just the venues and everything. I, I get it. But, you know, fast lane and... You know, if you're gonna just change, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna take away Elimination Chamber, why don't you just get, why don't you just bring back No Mercy? You know, why don't you just bring back No Way Out? You know what I mean? Like the legendary, you know, February pay-per-views, um, and why don't you just bring back, you know, Judgment Day? You know, in 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 May instead of instead of uh, Extreme Rules and instead of uh, um, Payback. You know, just. Uh, they can get rid of payback. They can get rid of, you know, these throwaway pay-per-views that you know really don't mean anything. Um, and and uh, and it just King of the Ring in, in June would just make so much sense because, you know, just the 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 the, the typical summer pay-per-view they had with King of the Ring, and they should bring a stipulation behind it. You know, they should just have more than just eight people that really, you know, maybe two or three of them actually was, do, you know, doing something actually was more than uh, just a mid-carter and just really spend some time with it and, and have a stipulation similar to when Brock Lesnar won and he got to go, st- go against The Rock in, in 2002. He ended up winning the, the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam that year after winning the King of the Ring. So, you know, have have a stipulation behind it. Makes you know, makes sense more than it just meaning nothing. You know, and and when Re- when William Regal won it, it didn't mean anything. You know, when Sheamus won it, it didn't mean anything. When Barrett's winning it, it didn't mean much. I mean, at least when Booker won it, you know, it it, it started a, a, probably one of his best gimmicks ever, King Booker, and he won the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, and and so, make it mean something. Make it a pay per view. Make it make it have a stipulation of of uh, going against uh, the the world champion. You know, the next night on Raw. You know, that that can be even something that wouldn't make sense about it. But do much more than what they just did. They just they just threw it on us. You know, at at, at the pay per view at Extreme Rules that King of the Rings coming back, and then they had you know a set of matches on Raw, and the rest of it on an hour you know, special on a Tuesday uh, on the network. So it just kind of rusted on us, and it just, it's kind of, it's kind of a disgrace to the, the lineage of the the pay-per-views that the, that they had. So hopefully they kind of reconsider that, that concept and, and bring it back. It's been, it was almost five years, you know, Seamus won in 2010. So, you know, waiting that long probably isn't the best idea either. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much again. Episode 162 in the books. And uh, next week we got Jesse Sorensen, former X Division, uh, TNA X Division star. And then the week after that we got Curtis Hughes, Mr. Hughes. So the next two weeks is going to be full of awesome stories, amazing interviews. Stay tuned. And go over to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page so you can see that Bret Hart commercial. Uh, <laughs> heading over there now. Uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, again, wearewrestling.net chat room is one of the best places to be on Tuesday nights because they support Pancakes and Power Sam so much. Continue to support wearewrestling.net, bleachreport.com, pwma.com, 
follow us at Crave Wrestling and like the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. Until next week, Day loves Elijah and Ian. Have a good week, and God bless. Goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.